Hey there. So, I was reminded of this song, Tag Team, back again. <laughs> it's a 90s song. Well, we are back again. Three more podcast episodes until episode 100. So, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, you need to go back and check them out. In today's podcast episode, we are going to talk about how to eat to live. So grab your smoothie or cup of tea and join the conversation. Let's go. All right, so it is the final countdown to episode 100. We've had three different seasons uh, for these podcast episodes. So um, this is season three, episode 44. But overall, it is episode 97. So we are close to reaching episode 100. And we're going to do something a little different for that episode um, as a celebration. So I am super excited about that. And so just a big thanks for continually tuning in for almost two years now with conversations with Haikini. So we have been going over all of the episodes that have had the most downloads over almost 100 episodes. And so this next one that we will dive into is called Food is Mental. So if you go on um, Buzzsprout.com, you can look it up there. That's the main hub of where it is hosted. Um, there are over 13 different platforms where you can actually um, tune in to conversations with Haikini. Um, there's a new platform that I someone wrote to me about. Let me see if I can find what it is because they were um, seeing if I wanted a specialized page or something like that. So it's called um, Ver Verbal, I guess, Verbal. Um, I had never heard of it, but I received an email earlier last month about my podcast is now on that. So if you're new to that platform as well, you can see conversations with Haikini on that platform as well. So, of course, there's lots of ways you can listen to conversations with Haikini. Now, when you go back and listen to Food is Mental, it was a very controversial pot, controversial podcast there are some things that I said on that podcast that I don't necessarily subscribe to now, even though it's been, I don't know when that podcast was um, actually listed. I would have to go back and look um, at the actual date, but things have changed since then. And I'll tell you, as a background in mind, body, nutrition, eating psychology and mind, body, nutrition, um, I've learned that every life dimension is connected to who you are as an eater and what you eat. And so this is a journey that we are on. And so that is why I t entitled this episode as how to eat to live. A lot of different things that I've tried. Um, I'm so grateful that I'm able to be able to quickly bounce back from whatever eating um, rhythm that I've been on. Uh, I know some people have tried different types of, a lot of people call them diets or um, I say eating rhythms. That's just some terms that we've used in uh, mind, as a mind-body um, mind eating coach. But um, I, I've never had a problem not um, if I decide I'm going to eat a certain way, 
that's what I eat. And if I find out it's not working for me, then I am quick to adjust, make adjustments. And so um, you'll you'll see in that podcast, if you actually get the full meat of what I expressed on that podcast, you'll you'll actually get it. Um, but just a follow up from that podcast, just you'll see and hear where you'll hear about some things I was dealing with uh, as far as what with what I was eating. I noticed overall the overall thing was I was eating had went back to eating too much processed. And so since we have since then uh, make sure that we get everything from a farm mostly everything from a farm all of our meat from a local farm and as far as from um, farm to table it is uh, the time the window of time is very small um, because the farm is not even less than maybe uh, 40 minutes away from where we are and where they process it is like um, maybe a hundred miles or so um, from where they actually process this, everything and then it's immediately um, ready to be um, sent to different customers. And as far as our produce that we eat, the produce is local connections, local farms, and it's more kind of like a food co-op. So we've tried to put some things in place where, of course, you never know 100% where things come from, but we've tried to put some things in place where we can actually call the people up. We can go visit and see the practices that they use with the animals and what they feed the animals. So we somewhat know more than, we would say, maybe 90% of where stuff is coming from versus when you are um, at just everything is coming directly from a supermarket chain you really don't know you're guessing um, where things are coming from or you're just taking the, their word for it on the package so I would say 10% we're still probably taking up their word for it because we're not actually picking selecting the particular item ourselves we're relying on someone else to still pick it for us and then make sure it's delivered to us um, produce on a weekly basis and then our meats are on a monthly basis that are delivered to us so what i've been learning is that you have to have to start learning what works for your body and you may ask well how can i do that it's trial and error you'll never get it right i can see now things i thought was going to work months ago will have not continue to work. Sometimes your body needs a cleansing or a detox where you may start eating one way and months later it may not work and you may have to switch and do something else. But the bottom line is you have to be free in your mind to really decide to do that. A lot of times we put so much emotion behind it or what we think people may say um, for instance I remember when we first went vegan um, and we were vegan for about three years or so and so I started craving other things I started feeling bad I mean, as I look back on pictures I was looking kind of sick you know 
Um, didn't even know it at the time until I looked back at different pictures and everything. But when we decided to put all of the stigmas out the door and not worry about what others may say, um, a lot of times you can get, uh, and I've actually did a podcast about um, dealing with the vegan movement because, I mean, people can get very upset about it. Um, but I'll tell you up front, um, it does not work for everyone. Okay. There's billions and billions of people on this planet, um, uh, billions and billions of people in this world, whatever, uh, <laughs> on this planet, whatever, world planet, it's just billions and billions of life forms everywhere. And not, I'll say that, and not everyone, vegan, a vegan lifestyle is not going to work with everyone. Um, and I, I had a podcast about that. It's called You Ain't Woke If You Are Not Vegan. Because there is a big movement of um, more melanated people that are saying this is the way, this is the closest to what our ancestors um, did. And if you look on the walls of Egypt and other places, you'll see that they did eat some meat. You know, they had some, they had a variety of things and things were um, more closer to nature than what we're eating. And if you look at some of the, and I'm not fat bashing anybody because I actually still eat some vegan items. They're pretty tasty. Some of them, um, just because I try to stay away from dairy. So I, you know, I like some non dairy items and some of those, um, ice cream sandwiches that are, um, dairy free <laughs> vegan so I still eat some little things I have my little treats that I still like um, but if you read the ingredients you still you still have to read the ingredients because just because it's supposed to be um, you know not animal no animal protein doesn't mean it's um, healthy and then you figure out too the ones that are very militant about it like how do you think they got there it, it may t have taken some cattle to move some things, um, some grains around to actually get your food. And you don't think it's ever contaminated with something else. So, I mean, you start thinking about that. Um, we have to start using common sense and start really using our mind. What is it? You only use it like a certain percentage. I mean, we need to open up that extra percentage and start really... Um, thinking about things and I've been there I've been a militant vegan before I was very militant um, it was like I was going back and forth in my head whether or not I should just like try to keep going but I'm glad I listened to my body and I started gradually adding things back and I started feeling so much better and then as I looked back and you have to continue to evaluate and assess um, different things in your life you know, it's not just what you eat, but like what state of mind was I in? Was there more stress? Did I have more work on my plate? Um, there's more to your food story than just eating. And there's the stress. There's stress. There's um, how you eat your meals, how fast you eat, how slow you eat. So it's a very, um, it's a big picture as to um, your story, basically, if that makes sense. So, yeah, so I encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast. 
food is mental i'll have all the information in the show notes and take from that the golden nuggets to start putting some things in place to really evaluate what you're doing and how you're doing it and um, whatever you don't need of course don't worry about that just you get the things that you do need from that podcast and keep it moving so if you have any questions you can feel free to leave a comment um, under the show notes on the website link and until next time nutrition is more than what you eat and the weight that you carry learn to love and learn to serve bye for now